Welcome and welcome back to the Popleston Allen podcast where we discuss everything licensing to give you and also me a better understanding of what it's all about. Today we'll be answering some of the most frequent questions we get from operators concerning noise complaints and how to deal with them. So to help us answer some of these questions, I have brought in our licensing expert and partner, Sarah Taylor. What should I do if during a busy night I get a visit from an enforcement officer asking me to turn the music down or off? So it is best to cooperate with any responsible authority who may visit your premises. Uh, And I'd always advise taking the time to listen to the officers and assess what their concerns are and if there's anything that you can do to mitigate any excessive noise. For example, you might be able to reduce the volume of the music down, you might be able to close doors and windows, obviously, except for access and egress or in an emergency, uh, and implement a quick fix measure or two that's that's easy to do that can mitigate that situation short term to give you then an opportunity to go back and look maybe further long term at other things that you may need to do. It can be frustrating and it probably is frustrating for operators to have to deal with an enforcement visit at your busiest time but then obviously that's when it's most likely to happen and when noise disturbance is most likely to take place. Uh, But it's important just to make sure that you do take the time because the worst thing in the world is if you get an uh, enforcement officer who's visiting and they feel like you're not cooperating or taking concerns seriously. What can then happen is uh, they feel that there's no cooperation and they may choose to escalate to some enforcement action. So if issues persist and reducing the volume and doing the sort of quick fix measures doesn't help, um, it might be that you've got to look at other things and it may be that you can't live with music below a certain level and it affects your business. If that's the case, then you may want to look at things such as engaging the services of a sound consultant and it might be necessary to implement more complex measures that could be more costly. How would you handle a complaint or complaints coming from a neighbour about the noise from live music from your site? Again, it's always best to cooperate as far as you can or try to with neighbours as much as possible and to take any reasonable steps that you can in an attempt to reduce any noise disturbance. If you can build a positive relationship with any local residents, keep them informed of any events that you might be holding and ensure that they're able to communicate with you quickly, that's really key. Um, And that way, if there are any issues, hopefully they can give you the best opportunity of trying to agree some measures maybe with the residents and avoid it escalating and maybe the council being involved. In the example of a neighbour constantly complaining, what are the potential repercussions if they complain to the council? So the council will generally investigate and assess whether a nuisance is being caused and whether it's a statutory nuisance as well, which is obviously defined in law. If the council are satisfied that a statutory nuisance has occurred, then they might serve what is called a noise abatement notice. After that, if further instances of nuisance occur and the noise abatement notice has been breached, then there is a risk of prosecution and that can lead to an unlimited fine which is obviously a huge risk. It is possible to appeal a noise abatement notice but only in certain circumstances and you should take legal advice upon that. Uh, In addition to that the council or any residents might decide to take action against the premises license and seek to review it. Uh, That means that any noise related issues or any other issues that have occurred can be brought before the licensing subcommittee for consideration. And that council licensing subcommittee must decide then whether to take any action against the premises license. 
That can be if they feel that noise issues are persistent and the committee might choose to reduce your hours for licensable activities. They might also look to remove the ability to play live or recorded music, or they could put conditions onto the license, such as limiting the number of music related events that you can have, or for example, having to notify residents each time an event involving music takes place at the premises. Now, it won't always be that the committee impose conditions that are that drastic or remove activities in that drastic a way. But again, um, it's out of your hands once you get to the point of review. Uh, it's much better to try and build a relationship with residents and negotiate with them beforehand before it gets to that stage. Um, so being proactive is always the best advice. In the example of a neighbour moving into a new development in the area, where the pub has always operated live music and generated related noise, and they start to complain, do they have any rights? So again, if nuisance is being caused, unfortunately, residents still have the right to complain. This is a real bone of contention with operators, uh, where they've got residents who complain having moved knowingly near to a licensed premises that's been there for a long time and it's been in the news a lot lately. So there is a principle within planning framework called the agent of change, this has been mentioned recently in the new guidance which has just been released to the Licensing Act 2003 and that just confirms that where there's an operation of an existing business or a community facility um, and that could have an adverse effect on any new development including a change of use in its vicinity then the applicant for that change i.e. in this example a developer should be the person to provide suitable mitigation such as soundproofing if it's a new development. Uh, but we know from experience that that's not always the case. And it's it's one of those principles that we yet to see how it fully develops in licensing terms. Um, there's been a case in Manchester recently where this has been in court uh, and been considered as well, where there's been complaints about an existing venue. Um, at the moment, what I say to, to committees, if I'm representing a premises license holder, is that, you know, we know this is an issue, but I ask the committee to take into account the time that the premises has been there and the duration that it's probably existed without any formal complaints being made. And then all you can really do is just present any mitigated building. And I know that it is frustrating if you're trying to operate a premises and you know you get a new resident that moves nearby and, and they complain, but ultimately it's trying to reach that happy medium of everybody working in harmony, which sometimes works. And then generally when it doesn't, that's when the lawyers get involved or the council gets involved. Another operator asked that during the summer we plan to host outside events. What can we do to protect ourselves from complaints? I think communication with local residents is the key. If you make them aware of your plans so that any potential noise doesn't come as a surprise to them and if you make sure that during the event you're proactive and that you manage sound levels throughout the event um, that you end any external music at a reasonable time and ensure that residents have got open lines of communication with your team, that's really key, so that if it is unbearable for them at any particular point, they've got... That always goes a long way to reducing risk of complaints. But again, it's really... I can't emphasise this enough relationship building. If an operator has complaints about people making noise as they exit the site, despite displaying notices asking people to leave quietly, what more can they really do if issues persist? I think this really depends on the type of operation uh, that you have. And I think if you use door staff, they're an extra line of, of defence, both with people coming in to the premises, but also when people leave. So if they are used, I would always encourage 
them to encourage customers to leave quietly and that's that's an extra facility staff may also you know do checks of external areas close to closing time just to make sure that customers are dispersing away uh, effectively and without any noise issues door staff as well but just sort of general checks around the area if there are issues with customers creating noise for example while they're waiting for taxis to collect them you might want to encourage your customers to wait inside the premises for their taxis to arrive rather than out on the street Um, and then over and above that I've seen some really creative solutions from nightclubs over the years where customers have been given free hot dogs or lollipops (laughs) as they leave uh, just to make sure that they're able to concentrate on something else other than shouting talking etc or singing as they leave so um, yes you can sometimes be creative it will largely depend on the type of operation that you've got and where the source of noise is and what state people are in as they're leaving I think What physical measures can we put in place to manage noise in the site? So the measures you can put in place operation that you've got, so a nightclub and premises that have got amplified live or recorded music or both, for example, should ideally have good sound attenuation within the fabric of the building. Um, That's an ideal, but it's not always possible, particularly with older buildings. Other measures might include rubber mountings for your speakers on the walls, which can reduce transmission of sound through the structure of the building and just being mindful of where you place those speakers if there's particularly noise-sensitive premises nearby. Um, Other measures that can be installed, these are not always popular with operators, but sometimes are insisted upon by councils, and that's a sound limiter that's attached to your sound system in the premises. And that's quite often set in agreement with the environmental health department to a level where it can't be turned up past that just to sort of safeguard that system and make sure that the levels have been tested and that it can't be turned up to a point where it's causing a disturbance to local residents, for example. Beyond physical alterations, how should the team measure noise levels during a live event, for example? The team can buy noise monitoring equipment, but that needs to be calibrated to make sure that there's some level of accuracy. Unless you're spending quite a substantial amount of money on that equipment, it tends to not be as accurate as you would find a noise consultant working with, for example, or around or whatever it is that you're holding. And to do noise tests yourself and just listen and see if it sounds too loud and then perhaps the best way to do it is to put yourself outside any noise sensitive premises so any local residents for example if you stand by their house and then just make an assessment then of whether the music can be heard whether the noise from customers can be heard and if it's too loud if it can be heard and it's likely to cause a disturbance then the best thing is is to make alterations to that at the time but it's always best throughout an event to make sure that staff are doing regular patrols um, at any noise sensitive premises and just making sure that they're keeping an eye on the levels. Post-Covid have you seen an increase in noise complaints if so why? Yes, there have definitely been an uptick in the number of noise complaints since we began to emerge from the pandemic. Um, I think that time was so unusual in that the majority of hospitality venues had to totally repurpose. They were either closed or they were providing takeaway services for a long time. And then even when they started to reopen, a lot of them were only open until 10 o'clock if they were open at all. It was very restricted during that time. So I think the residents naturally over time got used to things being quiet and their local, perhaps formerly busy pub was out of action for you know six months, eight months, a year 
or however long it took them to get back to normal. Uh, we did also see sort of a surge of people going out after COVID and wanting to be outside. Um, and we've got to bear in mind that lots of people now are still wary of being inside premises and may prefer to sit outside. So obviously over time that has an impact um, and there will always be increased levels of noise. Now, whether that's actual or perceived is not really for me to say, but obviously the residents have noticed um, that they've gone through a period of time of, of having quiet and now things are back to normal. And I think they had gotten used to it over time. So naturally, because of that, we're seeing a, a rise in complaints and enforcement action, unfortunately. Um, I think they were awfully quiet for a long time. And I think new staff have come in and training and knowing old issues as well, that knowledge when staff leave um, is also a big thing because they may have the relationship with the local residents to be able to sort of quell any fears or deal with issues. If you've got a situation where you've got new management that's come in and isn't aware of the issues that happened um, pre-COVID, then there's a chance that you're starting at zero again to build those relationships as well. So that's another factor. There's also, I think, more recently, a trend for building in town and city centres, both hospitality, retail and residential accommodation altogether. Now, I suppose that retail has less of an impact because it's more of a daytime activity, but obviously the nighttime economy where you've got customers and you've got music and you've got people drinking will inevitably have an impact of, of increasing noise in areas. Um, and for that reason, we're also seeing an increase in um, complaints from residents who live near nearby to hospitality venues. Um, and again, it's exactly what we said earlier, the measures to try and balance that and try and counteract that. You've got to be proactive, but it, it can be quite difficult. And unfortunately, it has led to an increase in noise complaints. Well, thank you for joining and listening to this month's episode. Based on all the advice that Sarah has given today, we hope that we were able to give you a better insight into noise complaints, how to approach them and how to handle them. If you have any queries or questions regarding this, please feel free to contact Sarah on her email on s.taylor at popopopall.co.uk or please feel free to contact any of our other licensing solicitors, which you can find on our website at www.popopopall.co.uk and Popleston Allen on all our other social media platforms. <laughs>